Welcome to a talk from St Saviour's Sunbury. We hope that it blesses you. Good evening, everyone. Great to be with you here this evening. And um, great to have this video as well. I don't know about you, but for those that are on this kind of Bible journey, these videos have been so very helpful to me and kind of connecting all these chapters together. Um, And one thing that was ending just there, and I want to start with one of my favorite verses in the Bible, hope does not disappoint us. You'll find that in Romans 5, verse 5, not Jeremiah. I hope I'm allowed to go outside the chapters. Yeah, Ron, thank you. Uh, But I wanted to talk about hope, um, which is an interesting thing. There's there's very much, you know, a couple of few sections in Jeremiah, um, but one of the things it was talking about there was about hope at the end. And that whole phrase about hope does not disappoint us is interesting. I wonder how many people really feel that today. That's very much true for your life. I mean, I think hope is a choice. We allow it to come in or not. You know, I think we can all relate in a way to being Peter on the water and Jesus out there and telling us to come out the boat. But actually, are we focusing on Jesus or are we allowing our situation to drown us within it? Is hope really the thing that we're focused on? Are we focused on Jesus or are we focusing on a situation? And I tell you, I had a situation earlier this week that I wasn't very much focused on Jesus on, and it's around one word, ants. You know, ants, you know, these little things that crawl around. Well, I mean, I must have been, they must have thought it was Noah or something because they're marching two by two into my living room, you know, and I'm not very happy about this, you know, like, I mean, my daughter's two years old, she's loving it. She would invite the whole garden in if she had her way, but I'm like, not in my house. I'm not very much slow to anger and abounding in love when I see ants coming in my house like that, and I'm like, what do I do? What do I do about this issue? What do I do about this problem? Um, you know, and I, and I managed to sort it. But for me, some of these situations, I'm not very like focused on hope. I'm more focused on like the problem or the, and, and this is like a very silly example in a way in the grand scheme of things. What about that debt that is hanging over you? Like what about the relationship that has been damaged or you can't quite get back to what it was? What about the person you have lost? What about those sleepless nights as a parent, you know, particularly if it's very early on in their childhood as well? Um, Even the feeling of lacking significance. How do I get rid of this anxiety that follows me around like a cloud? Where is hope in that situation? And why can't I allow it in? You see, Ron even challenged us this morning about, um, you know, showing your appreciation to your parents. And I um, text my dad as one of them and just to say, look, I know today must be quite difficult because um, my dad lost his mum, my grandmother, um, uh, quite a few years ago now. Um, and he texted me back and said he really appreciated it because today he felt lost. And that's an interesting thing to say because, and that didn't sound like he was hopeful in that. And he's not a Christian himself, but he felt lost. And I think we all can feel like that. We all have this sense of feeling lost sometimes and not knowing what to do with the current situation. The truth is, is that we need a foundation of hope in our life. And I hope that you would agree with that. 
that you know, we can only grow with our walk with God from a strong foundation. Now, this brings on to these lovely blocks I have here. They're not mine, can I say? Like, these are my daughter's, but I mean, bought them for her. But I am a bit of a Lego head, you see? So, like, I, it's one of those toys you buy and then you kind of want to play with it as well, in a way. So, like, it's like mutual benefit. Um, but I really, like, one of the things that she'll do is that she'll build up her blocks like this. She'll start stacking them up and then it'll fall. Okay, like, so she hasn't quite worked out. She's got quite small hands at the moment, so like it, she can't quite hold on to it. But I say, Isabella, what we need to do is we need to build a strong foundation so you can build a big tower on it. And it tends to work. So, you know, I build that foundation as well. Now, why do I talk all about this when we're talking about Jeremiah? Well, it is about hope. And actually, there's one very well-known verse within um, Jeremiah, which you'll find in chapter 29, verse 11, which is, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to give you a hope and a purpose. And it's great. That's a great verse. And, you know, I see it on a lot of Christian merchandise and stuff like that, and it's a good one to share. Um, But it's good to understand the context around it as well, because as we just learned, God's people, God's chosen people, weren't doing great things with following God and his covenants, his commitment to them. And for those journeying on this Bible, all that that agreement with Moses and living this certain way, I mean, they had gone far from it. False gods, adultery, you know, they lacked righteousness and social justice. These people were very far from honoring God and violating the laws that were set up. Like, God gave them a foundation He gave them a foundation. He gave them their word, their commitment that he was going to go with them. But they decided to discard it. They didn't need it. They could run their own lives as they wanted to. They could choose their own path. And you know what? As a parent, in the two years of parenting experience I've had, there's only so many times that you can give warnings. You know? Like, there's only so many times you can say, don't do that. No, don't do that. No, I mean it now. Don't do that. Um, Okay? Um, and really, did Jeremiah, his job was to try and to keep people on the right track. He had a hard job to do as well. But actually, with these things, there are consequences. Like, there are consequences that come from kind of continually not quite going the right way. Um, and, and for my daughter, it's not like big, big consequence. She might not get her, like, favorite little snack or watch her favorite program. But for this part of the Bible in Jeremiah 29, it was... 70 years captive by Babylon, led by King Nebuchadnezzar um, and this um, huge army. So they were being taken away from the place that was given to them, like their home. And that actually is like, you're going to go somewhere else. In Jeremiah 25, verse 10, it says, banish them. God says, banish them from the sounds of joy and gladness. God was disappointed. Like he was disappointed in his people and that they turned away from him. But you see, even in all of this situation and, and, and this hardship and, and struggle, like God still had a plan and he still had a message, a hope to give. And that's where we end up in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 4-14. And this was a message to some of the elders that were held captive. Um, and actually, this was God speaking to them and to say, yeah, you, you disappointed me. You've gone away from me. And I have given you to Babylon to take over and they weren't great people themselves but I do have a message a hope for you 
So I'm just going to read now. Um, Jeremiah uh, 29, verses 4 to 14. You can read along with me if you like. You can look at the screen behind me. I'll completely leave it up to you. Um, but this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have, so- have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, be- for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and, and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. So that's a great passage. Considering, like, all that had came before, it was a real passage of hope, and it's like, well, this is not what God has seemed to suggest from what he's done to us, like punishing us or from going wrong. No, he, he wants that relationship. He wants to get his people back, but it will take this 70 years in Babylon. You know, looking through a few of these passages in verses 5 to 6, what's he saying in this new place, in the hardships they might be facing? He's talking about them settling, thriving, and build your home. At the end of the day, whatever hardships we go to, the struggles we have, we can't let it stop us living a life. You know, seek peace and prosperity in the city. There are new challenges in changing situations. And that's what we've got to remember as well. God can you know, through the hardships, through the pain, can give us opportunities to do great things. And sometimes we focus, should focus outwards. You know, I moved up to this area after being really unhappy with my, my job. I did a tourism degree. I went into a tourism job, and then I found that it wasn't the thing I wanted to do at all. And it had to take something extreme than me moving up to a place where I work for now a child development charity. Um, and it was around eight Eight years I've been there now, um, and I feel it's given me such, made such a difference in my life. But I had to change my situation to do it. Like I really had to step out there and have faith in that situation. So this was a new place for them, but it didn't mean life stopped. That hope was there. Build it, prosper, do great things within it. As it goes into 10, verses 10 and 11, it says, "I'm going to fulfill my promise, and you're going to be able to return home." Yeah, some, in some people's lifetimes, that wasn't going to happen. 70 years is a long time. But you know what? I haven't forgotten you. And God has this bigger plan. And for us, in whatever we go through, whatever hardship we find, we, don't, we only see in the present time, okay? But we don't know 
like the big picture. We don't know the plan. It's, without, it's outside our understanding. And we've got to allow trust with God in that. You see, if anyone was, had an excuse to not have hope, it'd be this guy called Nick Vujicic. Now, he's an Australian Christian. Um, he has no arms, no legs, just one foot just under the torso there. And he, I read his book, it's an incredible book, because he had to, you know, go through so much, I mean, and had to really wrestle and, and try to live this normal life as normal as it could be. And yet he was, you know, he, he, I read in his book that he was in a bath thinking about finally committing suicide. But he said this, that you are not always going to feel that Jesus loves you or that God is good, but you know he is. It is the up and down of the journey. And what he does now is inspires so many people. Like he goes around all over the world speaking about what he has come through. And I tell you what, from his example, there is great hope. Like he gives a lot of hope. He gives real identity to people. And I think we can be examples within the hardships we face as well. Um, and I, I'm just really inspired by someone like him to do that and to really turn the situation around. Like married now, and, and he's so determined to live as normal life as he can, um, despite the, the physical, like not having the limbs that we just take uh, for granted. Um, as it goes on, verses 12 and 13, I love how you can tell God's want for a relationship with us. Uh, the restoring of the relationship. You will find me when you seek me with all your heart. And it must come from here. It must come. Like, I love how so much in Scripture is, like, focused on that heart. Because it can't lie. It can't trick you. Like, the heart is genuine. The heart is what God sees. And from that, hopefully, great actions will come. But, you know, like, within the parables that we read later in the Bible with Jesus, as the lost sheep, the lost coin, the prodigal son... God wants us to run back to him. And it is exactly the same here. God wants us to come back to him. And in Jeremiah 30, later on, and again, it said in the video about that hope for Israel, Israel, you know, where it says in verse 22, you will be my people and I will be your God. That's a real want for a relationship. And Jeremiah 31 talks about a new covenant with his people. He is committed to us. He has not forsaken us. He always goes with us through everything. And because things get difficult, the struggle there, it doesn't mean that he has forsaken us. So practically, how do we apply this message, this message of hope and this example within Jeremiah? Well, we've got to build on the foundation that's been given to us. And there's a few things that I can give you, like three points, and maybe just to keep in mind. I really appreciate and I love what my wife has done within the hall of our home. She's put three frames and within, within them three statements. And I think there's something that I want to think about every time I walk out the door of my house when I go to do whatever I do with work or wherever it might be. So the first block to build on is to be faithful in prayer. Actually to always remember what God has done before and to always try and have that grateful heart. You know, if I could give you something practical to do this week, take the next seven days, and then at the end of each day or the beginning of, of each day, write down three things you're grateful for. And then by the end of that week, you'll have, hopefully, 21 things listed out. 
and then have that, remember it, and be like, God's been faithful here, like, and I'm going to believe and be faithful in prayer in the next week. Okay. Having things to hold on to about being grateful has helped me so much. It's helped me like, just realize how grateful I am for the simple things, for the times I have. Even if I do a run for half an hour, I don't like running at all. But I tell you what, I'm grateful when I stop for the breath in my lungs, okay? Oh, a breath, it feels good when you can breathe and when you stop like that because that is something we've got to do sometimes is stop and be grateful and know that God has done all this for us and he could keep doing things in the future. The second block to remember is to be patient in affliction. The seasons you're in, they are seasons, no one is going to be immune from pain and suffering. My, both my parents have long-term physical pains. And, you know, I find it even hard to ask a question to them how they are because I know that they're struggling, but they're the sort of parents who don't ever want to really show it. But God is there. He has a hope for us for another place, a place he can take us where we don't have these physical pains to be taken with us. Selwyn Hughes said that God's perspective is out of this world. You will see purpose in tragedy, reason in calamity, and meaning in everything. Never lose hope. God is in charge. I mean, there are times where I went through, you know, days going to high school, fearing every day going into school. And I didn't want to be there, like, and for, for the reasons of other people who decided they were going to be an enemy instead of a friend. And so I didn't understand that situation at that time, but I know it's kind of defined me to who I am today. It's defined in what I do, in my heart for other young men, in what they go through and the challenges they face. Let's always read this as well. Let's know that through what we're going through, we don't know that big picture, but God is definitely in control. Finally, my third block is to be joyful in hope. Because Jesus is our living hope. He has a plan for us. That hope and purpose that was spoken into this chapter, well, that's Jesus. Like, he was there. He is our example. And, you know, he goes along with the mission of this church to radically transform lives in the love and power of Jesus. You know, look at what he has given us. You know, you can't go much further than, you know, giving up your only son. And actually for us to have the Holy Spirit that he wants us to connect us with, to get that relationship back. You know, what a generous God he is. So, let, and you know, we get to, get to celebrate as well. And just looking at the cards today, all for love the Father gave. Like, let's remember that because we always have Jesus. He has gone before us. The victory has been won. <clears throat> And that, within the Old Testament, is what it's always been looking to, always pointing to. They didn't know what was going to happen. Like, well, actually, there was some prophecy, did. But, um, but they were like, I can't really see how that is going to work. But hope was always there. God knew what was going to happen. Psalm 147, verse 11, it says, The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. But as I said before, that hope is a choice. It's a choice we have. Do we let our situations take over? Do we drown in the water around us? Or do we take our hand to Jesus and say, yeah, pull me up. 
Yeah, take me. I need that. I need that hope in my life. I want to allow that in. I mean, if you were singing those songs and truly believing it earlier, that were greatly sang by the worship band, then you don't need this preach. <laughs> you don't need to hear these words. You know it because that's what we've been singing. But actually, I think sometimes when the worship songs stop, that sometimes we can just let that situation come in and take over. Allow hope to come through. Let's keep praying. Let that be our prayer as well. Final thing I just want to say before I wrap up, and you know, maybe have the worship band back when they're ready, um, is, um, is by a pastor called John Q. And I thought it just really spoke into some of my situations, and I hope it will for you as well that one of the quickest ways to get it together and have one's heart mended is to first acknowledge that you've been broken. The pain and agony of a broken heart can e do either two things. It can make you bitter, kill you, or propel you to a better place. At some point, there should be some desire to put all the pieces back together. You cannot allow the things that crushed you or the things that broke your heart to edit your prophecy. Try not let those whys or figuring out of what God's plan is stop you from that relationship with God. His love is unfailing. Just like we sung earlier, love unfailing, never shaken, hope awakens in you. Great words. And just sort of like, oh good, I'm talking about this subject of hope and I've heard that there. It just really spoke confidence into that. But you know what? He wants a relationship with you. We have a, an amazing foundation to build on, and God built Jesus on that foundation. And let's know that hope will not disappoint us. He is in control, and that Jesus has won the victory. So remember, just to keep those three things in mind. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Thank you. For more information about St Saviour's, please visit our website at www.stsaviourssunbury.org.uk.